Oliver Madison grew up in a small town in the suburbs of Maine. While growing up, he had to go to church every Sunday and lived in a very Catholic home. At around the age of 15, Oliver came out as gay. He was scared of telling his mother, but he was caught with a boy one day, and after that, he was beaten every day by his mother. She claimed that the only way to get those thoughts out of her head was by beating him. He constantly called her a hypocrite because she would sometimes bring a man home, even though she was a widow, and that was against the Bible as well. At the age of 18, he became furious and lashed out at his mother, beating her to death. He was horrified that he could do such a thing, so he went to church every day to try to apologize for his sins. He quickly recovered from the guilt and started dating a brunette woman with blue eyes named Janie Barrett. Her appearance was very similar to his mother's. No one knows why it happened, but she must have made a comment about being gay, and at that moment he lashed out at her too, killing her. This time, he murdered Janie by stabbing her with one of her kitchen knives. No one had missed his mother, so it wasn't hard to hide the murder, but someone would eventually come looking for Janie. So he wrapped her body up in a carpet and brought it to the ocean where no one could find her. Before she drifted away, he took her driver's license as some form of a token. Then he went back to the apartment and bleached everything to get the blood out. There was no way he could clear all of his DNA out of the room, but he assumed the FBI would just think his DNA was there because he came to visit Janie a lot. In order to make him seem even less guilty, he skipped town and sent many messages to Janie's phone asking if she was alright. With his journey, he ended up in New Jersey. As though nothing had happened, he found another woman named Kimberly Harrison, who also looked like his mother. She brought him back to her house only to find out that she had a husband who was working a late shift in the office. Kimberly asked if he wanted to take his coat and gloves off, but he denied her offer, saying that he was cold. She looked like his mother and was cheating. This ticked him off, but he didn't mention anything. He just asked whether her husband cooked. She said that her husband usually cut the vegetables. Without hesitation, he grabbed a knife off the counter and stabbed her. He took her driver's license and ran out the door to his car, and he was gone. Investigators came to the scene later and found the murder weapon. They brought it to, back to the lab to test the DNA, and the husband's DNA was on it. They checked the doorknob, and there was DNA belonging to multiple people. There was no sign of a forced entry, and there was no witness to testify, so they arrested John Harrison for homicide. The autopsy of Kimberly showed that she was stabbed seven times. She also had defensive wounds on her hand, as if she had tried to block the blade before it went into her chest. Her neighbor testified that she saw a man running out of the house, so the detectives interviewed her. I saw a man running out of Kimberly's house the night she was murdered. Could you describe him? It was dark, so I couldn't see much, but he looked tall and ran fast. Was he holding anything? Not that I can recall. Did you know Kimberly's husband well? Yes. Do you think he could have done this? No, he's one of the nicest people I know. Did he ever fight with Kimberly? Yes, but nothing serious. Is there anything else we should know? Not that I can think of. Thank you. Again, Oliver skipped town and moved to North Carolina, where he found yet another woman who fit his description. Brunette, blue eyes, and a cheater. She brought him back to her apartment, which was right above her husband's dentistry. Once in the house, he tied her up and brought her down to the dentistry. While he was there, he overdosed her with local anesthesia. DNA was swarming through the dentistry, so the DNA couldn't be tested to identify him. He took her driver's license and drove to Kentucky. 
The only two people who could get into the dentistry was the dentist and his wife, so the dentist was arrested for homicide. While in Kentucky, he found another woman who fit the same description. This time, the husband was a contractor and the murder weapon was a hammer. Oliver shattered her skull with the hammer. He wore gloves again, so no DNA was left. He took her driver's license and left. This time, he drove to Iowa. The autopsy showed that she had been hit with the hammer to knock her down before he shattered her skull with the hammer. In Iowa, he found yet another woman who fit the same exact description. Her name was Michelle Brandy, and her husband was a police officer and used a gun that he found in the house as a weapon, but this time he was sloppy. Michelle knew how to fight back, and when he pulled out the gun, she managed to rip his glove, exposing his DNA to the glove. She also came at him with a fork, which was now covered in blood. He took her license and neglected to hide the evidence. He left the fork and the gun on the floor and left for Kansas. When the investigators came to the crime scene, they collected the fork and the gun. The autopsy showed that she had been shot with a Glock 222 twice. The murderer was standing approximately three feet away from her head. There was a lot of DNA on the gun, but most of the DNA belonged to Mr. Brandy. The blood was tested, and the murderer was approximately 21, and his blood type was O positive. Mr. Brandy was an O positive, but he was 40 years old. Even though there was evidence pointing to someone else besides Mr. Brandy for being the murderer, they still arrested him. In Kansas, he met a woman whose husband was a doctor. Her name was Jessica Castanelli. Before going to her house, he had illegally bought fentanyl and overdosed her. He took her guard again and left for Colorado. The doctor's assistant testified that they were out of stock on fentanyl so that he couldn't have killed her. Richard couldn't kill a soul. He works to save lives for God's sake. Other than being a nice guy, is there another reason he couldn't have done it? He was with me the whole night. Do you have proof? No. How was she killed? She was overdosed with fentanyl. He couldn't have done it then. We didn't have fentanyl in stock. We used it up the day before the murder. I have the record in my order history. Is there anything else I should know? No, that's it. Thank you. Her claim was disregarded and the doctor was arrested for homicide. In Colorado, a woman named Becky, someone who fit the description, filed a complaint saying that she felt like a man was following her and tried to seduce her. They did a sketch on the man and identified that it was Oliver. A man showed up at the bar I work at several nights in a row, but he came to my door last night and tried to commit just as my husband was arriving home. And then he ran. What did he look like? He was tall and big. He had curly brown hair and brown eyes. He was wearing jeans and a sweatshirt. Did he say anything to you? He said that he needed to fix something in my house. Did he do anything before he ran? No, but he jumped when he saw my husband. Is there anything else we should know in order to catch him? He has a cross around his neck. Is that all? Yes. Thank you. They found Oliver lurking around Becky's house, and once he caught sight of the police, he ran. The police followed him to his van. When the police knocked on his door, he opened it right away and asked them if everything was all right. They told him that he was under arrest and he acted like nothing had happened, so they searched his van and they found a collage of driver's license hanging on his wall. They looked up all the women that were on his wall and they had all been murdered. They got in contact with the detectives that were studying each case and they all said that they had arrested the husbands of the women. 
Oliver was now a suspect for all the murders, and he was put on trial. Once in the court, he confessed to all the murders while his lawyer was trying to get him to stop talking. Oliver explained that God had been telling him to kill all of these women because they were going against the Bible just like his mother. When they asked him where his mother was, he told them that she was his first murder victim. Oliver went straight to death row. Nobody testified against his death, and he was sentenced to death within five days. Up until the moment he died, he was screaming, God told me to. Evidence that was further used to prove him guilty was the blood that was found on the fork. Oliver was both an O positive and around the age of 21. The DNA and fingerprints that were found on the gun matched his and had traces of local anesthesia, which he must have taken while he was leaving. After Oliver was dead, all of the husbands who had been falsely accused were freed.